Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler Nation. Welcome to this wonderful Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Paxton Graff. Today, I'm joined by my producer, Jacob Aromi, my two co-hosts, Jason Collins and J.P. Flanagan, as well as we got a nice little special guest in Taylor Quinn, who's shadowing today in BCR. So uh, make sure to tune in for this special episode. We have a great one for you today. We're going to talk some Rattler football. We're going to talk some Texas State soccer, volleyball, and football, as well as we're going to send it to the national stage, but we'll talk about college football and NFL football. But before we get into all of that, let's send it over to our sponsors with JP. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on the northbound furnace road of I-35 and Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, and scenic views. Thank you, JP. So uh, let's go ahead and open this show up by talking about some Rattler football. Tonight, they play against the Eagle Pass Eagles at Toyota Rattler Stadium at 730. And we will actually be calling that game. Kyle Owen and myself will be calling that game. So I'm excited to watch it and call it as well. But, you know, I'm going to open it up to y'all. What what do y'all think really that it's going to take for the Rattlers to go against this undefeated Eagle Pass team and come out with a win. Yeah, uh, definitely a very tough test for this Rattlers tonight in Eagle Pass. Um, Eagle Pass has outscored their opponent or the last four opponents 191 to 48. And it's not really a stat I like to use very often because it sometimes has to do with quality of opponent. But this just means I think that they've been out coming out aggressive offensively and defensively. Um, yeah, and a tough matchup this week for sure against Eagle Pass. Yeah, they haven't put up less than 30 points at all this season. So defense is going to be a big big factor in San Marcos coming out with a win today. Uh, definitely coming into San Mar- I mean they had a really good game last week 60 something to 30 something and I feel like the offense really showed out and that's a kind of offense John Walsh has kind of been waiting to see from the offense. Um, Deleon really had a good game. Of course unfortunately it was in Laredo so I was not down there. It's not about to make that three and a half hour drive but um, uh, overall I think that game was really what he has been waiting to see since the beginning of the season and now that they have had that game maybe it can kind of you know, kind of really opened something up and maybe they really found something within that offense because uh, they had an explosive offense at last season, mainly due to the run game, but passing has finally opened up. So, I mean, of course, like we said, equal pass going to be difficult. They've kind of blown out all their opponents, but uh, also you could look at it like, have they really played anybody to really test them? And maybe San Marcus will be their first test of the season. It's going to be homecoming night, so San Marcos is going to be ready to run through a wall. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it will it'll definitely be a good one, especially the fact that it is homecoming. And just again, to clarify, that will be tonight at 7.30 at Toyota Rattler Stadium, and you can actually listen to that game here on KTSW. We'll be on at about 7.15 for our pregame show. But moving on, we're going to go, let's talk about Texas State sports now. So first up, we've got Texas State soccer. Texas State Soccer actually played last night against the Georgia Southern Eagles there in uh, Statesboro, Georgia. And they actually uh, ended with their second tie of the season last night. It was this final score of one to one. And, you know, uh, we were talking about it on Claws to the Wall that this offense has been pretty good all year long. But their defense, if you look at the previous 
about four or five games. They've given up more goals than they have the previous five or six games. Um, And so, you know, defensive-wise, they definitely stood up, only allowing one point, but obviously it wasn't enough. So what, if y'all were able to watch that game last night, what was something that y'all noticed? Any big takeaways from the game? Um, I think this win definitely just goes to Caitlin Christman, the goalkeeper. Um, she had a very busy night with five saves. Um, this game could have gone really either way if it hadn't been for those saves. I think this is a game that the Bobcats really wish they had had back, um, a team that only has one win on the season, um, five ties. This is one that later down the road you're going to be like, I really wish I had that that win in the win column. But, um, yeah, ultimately I think Caitlin played great, and that's the reason why this game was even tied. And they weren't getting many shots on the goal. They only had eight shots on the goal as the Eagles had 11. So more shots on the goal, that would have provided more opportunity to score. And I think that's going to haunt them. Uh, going into that game, it was definitely one of the stronger opponents they are going to play in Sunbelt Conference play. And, um, I mean, they had a near-perfect non-conference schedule besides losing to TCU, who at the time or is still currently nationally ranked. So, I mean, they had a near-perfect non-conference schedule. And then, of course, Sunbelt is very competitive when it comes to soccer. And... Um, but, I mean, I think they show that they're going to be one of the top teams and last night playing against uh, another top team in the Sun Belt. And I, I think that they're still rolling. I know it's a tie, but it was a hard-earned one point. And um, they're coming away with it, you know, I think I think better. You know, I, th- I think I think that they're going to take that, they're going to build off of it, and they're going to continue on because they got a tough schedule up ahead. Sun Belt is not, you know, it's nothing really to mess around with when it comes to women's soccer. No, it is not. It's a very tough conference when it comes to the soccer field. Uh, But moving on to our next sport, we're going to talk a little Texas State volleyball next. And last night, uh, the Bobcats actually played against the ULM Warhawks, where they won three sets to zero. So they got a complete sweep over the Warhawks. And, you know, uh, it was their first first uh, conference opening play of the season so far. And I've said it on Claws the Wall multiple times. They are expecting revenge this season from last season as far as they want to go all the way and win that conference championship and then secure their spot in the NCAA tournament. And so this is just another win in their books. They've got another game tonight against the same team, ULM Warhawks. Actually, it's this afternoon, excuse me, at 2 p.m., and that will actually be on ESPN+. Plus. But, you know, going off of uh, last night's game, did y'all notice anything outstanding? Uh, I will say Maggie Walsh, who's uh, Coach Walsh's daughter, got her first collegiate start last night. So that was a pretty monumental moment for her. She's a freshman. Uh, so anything else that y'all notice and or anything going into n- tonight's game? I definitely think, you know, start a Sunbelt conference play again for them, both them and soccer coming into conference play around the same time. And um, what better way to, to start with the sweep? If they get another sweep today or even just a, a win in general. And Jackson? Yeah, and a win in general would be really nice for this Bobcat program. They've been, so far, they've shown that they can keep up with the big programs as well as, I'm not going to say ULM's an undermatch program, but it's not as big as Alabama or Ole Miss, and they can show that they're still going to show up even for the smaller teams like ULM. Yeah, I mean, taking a look at the Sun Belt Conference, I know it's early, only one win uh, in conference play, but... um, they're in the driver's seat, really, I think, with the best record in the, in the entire Sun Belt Conference, and they're atop the West Division right now. So um, they took care of business in the preseason, or not the preseason, but the non-conference play, and I really think this is a revenge tour for them come Sun Belt play. 
Yeah, I definitely think so. But tonight or today, this afternoon, excuse me, they will actually be playing against the ULM Warhawks again there in Louisiana at 2 p.m. And you can actually keep up with that game on ESPN+. Plus. But before we come back from our quick little break, I just want to say thank you all for listening and continue listening to us as we're going to take it to a quick one-minute break and we're going to have a special guest to talk to on the other side of the radio. So make sure to tune in. And welcome back to this September 23rd edition of Bobcat Radio. Uh, We're going to switch it up a little bit. We typically talk about this last, but you know what? We are feeling a little special today, and we're going to talk about it right now. So I want to open it up to just the whole college football spectrum as a whole. Forget just Texas State. Let's talk about nationally. What are some key matchups that y'all are looking forward to this upcoming weekend? And I want y'all to go ahead and also predict them. Who do you think you are? Who's going to win out of those matchups? So, Jason, I'll throw it to you first. What is your matchup of the week? My matchup of the week is Florida and Tennessee. Mm. These are two teams that are ranked in the top 20 in the nation. So I think it's going to be a, a very good game. And I have Tennessee winning. And I don't think it'll be close. Yeah, that is, that is a very good game. That I believe that is the college game day of the week uh, uh, game right there. And so it will be a big, big one there. I believe it's in Knoxville. Is it Knoxville? Yes, it is. Ooh. And I believe it's a night game. That will be a fun live one. Yeah, um, Big 12 is also opening up conference play this week. Um, kind of a basic answer here. But Texas is playing Tech at 2.30. And I'm not a big fan of the early games, but... Um, kickoff, and this is a game last year that really wasn't close, and I think people are anticipating that it will be close because it's in Lubbock, but they haven't haven't beaten Texas in Lubbock since 2008, and we all remember what that was like. Mm -hmm. Michael Crabtree ended everyone's hopes, Um, (laughs) but both teams playing up with backup QBs, so it'll be an interesting test. I think ultimately Texas still comes out on top. Uh, I'm going to go a bold 49 to 30. Wow, that's a that is another good game. I will say, as far as tech fans, I mean, I've seen it on college football game day, Fox, and all that. They're showing, they keep showing that one clip of Michael Crabtree. So you got re, you got to remember that is a completely different tech team. That was eighth ranked in the nation tech team. This is a no ranked tech team, uh, which they could still have a chance. I'm not saying anything against that, but also, like you said, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff. That kind of takes away from the the Lubbock feels at night. I mean, it is scary to play Lubbock at a night game with all the tortillas flying everywhere, everything. But uh, that is another exciting matchup. And mine, I'm, I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to be a homer right here and say Texas State just because this is a must-win game and kind of you really have to show out on this game. Um, you know, I, I was saying that the other day, the beginning of this season is looking very similar to the beginning of last season. You look good against Baylor for about three quarters. You beat FIU. And then now you're up against the FCS opponent. And last year, we all know what happened against that FCS opponent, and it kind of derailed the rest of the season. This season should be different. You know, you should go in there, handle business against uh, Houston Christian like you did against uh, Incarnate, or unlike you did against Incarnate Word, like you did against FIU a couple weeks ago. They looked really good against FIU for the first time in a couple years. I think they handled business. They did what they were supposed to do against a team. They didn't play down to them. And so I think that that same energy needs to happen this week against Houston Christian. Don't play down to them. You know you're supposed to win this game. You know you're probably supposed to win pretty handily, so do so. Because uh, after that, it's Sunbelt play. And, you know, if you if you win this week, 
two and two going to JMU, which is another game that I think is winnable. And then you'd be starting off some about conference play three and two, but you got to win this weekend. Yeah, it, it is going to be a huge game for the Bobcats. Um, I, I was at that game last year against UIW, and I mean, it was it was a very tough to watch game to say the least. But you're right; they they definitely this is a kind of a gimme win, as most people would say. And if they lose this one, going into a really tough conference play this season, I mean, it is it won't look good for the Bobcats. So definitely a huge game for them uh, tomorrow night. But my game of the week is most people sleep on this game. Uh, but, um, I mean, continue sleeping on it because it's worked in favor for the Wildcats. And that is Kansas State Wildcats versus the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, most people, they're like, why is that? Well, because Kansas State has won three of the last four meetings, I believe, against the OU Sooners. And they have always dropped them out of the top five or uh, top seven for that matter right now. And so I'm excited to see what these Wildcats would do. Now, unfortunately, they're going to be going to Oklahoma to play at night. So that will be a tough environment for them. But um, I will say as a Longhorn fan, I am personally excited because OU does not play UT next week. Instead, I don't know who they play next week, but there's a week break between the two games. And typically when it's right back and right back to forth of each other, uh, OU gets mad at, at losing to Kansas State and they put it all out on UT and it shows. This week they've got a, a week long break between the two. So I'm excited for that. But that is my game of the week, and those were all wonderful game of the week. Make sure to tune into all those. They're going to be big-time games. Um, but now we're going to switch it up, and we're going to talk a little bit of the NFL as well. Um, last night we saw a really interesting game with the Steelers and the Browns. Um, it was it was an interesting one to say the least, but the Steelers – Unfortunately, ended up coming with a loss, and I say that uh, for on behalf of Kobe Jackson. He's the biggest Steelers fan you will ever meet, and, and he's here at the studio, not today, but he works here all the time, and he constantly talks about the Steelers and their quarterback situation and all that. But forget about last night's game. I want you all to look forward to this week, this weekend, and what's the game that you are looking forward to? You are circling on the calendar, and how do you think it will transpire? Uh, I think an exciting game really for the whole year is, is whoever Josh Allen's playing. And the Bills get the chance to play the Dolphins this week. Um, if you didn't get a chance to watch the Dolphins last week, uh, they were down almost all game against the Ravens, came back, Tua had six touchdowns, I believe. Um, but yeah, I think this is really just dependent on if Tua is coming in, and Tyreek for that matter, coming to this game prepared and ready to play arguably the best team in the league. And then for the same thing for Josh Allen. I think he's this isn't really just a pushover for him. That's a very explosive offense. He's got to match that. So I'm going to say the Bills-Dolphins game is probably going to be more, the more exciting games this week. I'm going to go with the Cardinals and Rams. That's a divisional matchup. I think the Rams are not the same team we saw last year. And I think the Cardinals are going to come in and spook them and win this week. I'm going to go with, of, of course, what people, you know, like you said, Rams aren't the aren't the same. So what people think are the two best teams in the NFC, Packers and Buccaneers. I think that'll be a really good one. Uh, Buccaneers looked really sloppy against the Saints last week, but also, you know, they always look sloppy against the Saints. I'm going to put that out there. Uh, and Packers, of course, started off slow, but bounced back. But now they're up against a really good team. Uh, both teams are going to have 
little to no wide receivers. I mean, Green Aaron Rodgers has to live like that, but Tom Brady's going to have to live like that. This week, picked up Cole Beasley the other day. Tampa Bay did, so that's a good pickup for them. Um, and I think that will probably, I don't want to say like NFC Championship future matchup because Packers always, you know, kind of choke in the first round, but just being honest here. Um, Gage, you better not be listening. <laughs> and, um, well, he'll agree. He knows. Yeah. He knows. Um, so I don't know if I'd call it that, but uh, it's definitely two of the top teams in the NFC. But another t- game I just want to focus on as well is Lions-Vikings. I think that'll be a good one, see if the Lions are actually for real and can maybe compete for that second spot in the division. And, uh, of course, Vikings had that big win in week one, but maybe they'll come back down to reality. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, Jason took my game of the week. I was going to choose the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, but I won't go off of that. I'll go off a different one. My next game of the week is, I mean, I got to be a little biased, but it's going to be the Cowboys versus the Giants. I mean, uh, the only reason why I say that is because right now, Giants are at the top of the, actually, I think they're second. I think they're right behind the Eagles as far as first place for the division. But they're both undefeated teams as far as the Giants and the Eagles. But the Giants are undefeated. Cowboys are 1-1, one and one, but they're undefeated with Cooper, Cooper Rush, Rush and that ginger of a redheaded man behind center. So I'm interested to see how he'll do this week uh, against the Giants. I mean, he he did. I'm not going to say outstanding, but he did a pretty good job last week. He did. He definitely did way better than Dak did against the Buccaneers, uh, without a doubt. And then our defense. I mean, I think our defense is one of the best in the league. I think what Dan Quinn's doing uh, with that defense is phenomenal. Uh, I've talked about it on Gloss to the Wall before. I think that if Mike McCarthy doesn't do, or if the team doesn't do a good job this year, I think Mike McCarthy's gone. Dan Quinn gets moved up to head coach. I wouldn't be against that. I mean, uh, a lot of people are like, well, what about the Falcons situation? Well, I mean, you know, uh, you always get a second chance. I believe in second chances. And, I mean, Dan Quinn's proved it so far. He's done a wonderful job with the defense. So, Paxton, I got a question. Would you rather Dan Quinn get moved up? Or is Sean Payton come out of retirement? Oh, okay. Sean Payton would said, be a good one. He said yesterday, he said, I'd be open to coming back next year in a good situation. Well, I don't know I don't if you call the Cowboys <laughs> a good situation Cowboys with Jerry Jones. Draft picks. Yeah, but uh, I, I wouldn't mind Sean Payton. Sean Payton would be a good one. I, I've always respected his mentality. Um, so it, it would be a good one. If we somehow got Dan Campbell, that would be awesome. <laughs> I know that ain't going to happen. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so... Uh, uh, that is going to wrap up our NFL section for uh, this wonderful Bobcat Radio. But we are not done talking about football because we're going to talk about the Texas State Bobcats next as they will be hosting the now newly Houston Christian University Huskies tomorrow night at 6 o'clock here at Bobcat Stadium. And so make sure you all come out uh, just to... Tell y'all, Clint Shields and Jeff Gandy will be on the call for that game here on KTSW. They'll have about a 5.15 pregame start. But uh, going on the actual game, you know, I want to open up to anyone who wants to talk about it. Uh, What do y'all think? I mean, like we talked about earlier, this is pretty much a gimme win for the Bobcats. But we saw last year against UIW, it's not as gimme easy as they'd like it to think. So what do you think it's going to take for the Bobcats to get a win? Um, I, I think this is crucial for, like, confidence boosting. Um, obviously, last year losing to FCS opponent, not fun. Uh, you don't want to do it again, for sure. But uh, 
last week's game against Baylor was not like the best outing. We played, or they played three quarters very well until that very last one. Um, I think what I noticed from Coach Spav is he was playing a lot more aggressive on play calling. Like the fourth down territory was like a, a bigger factor. And I don't think that'll be needed this week, but I think that same aggression will be needed this week. Um, so yeah, I, I think just really just come together uh, as a team and hopefully play with some confidence and get a win this week, 3-2 before conference play. I think one of the things they need to focus on is getting their offense back on track. They scored 41 against FIU and then seven against Baylor. So I think if they just keep the offense as a well-oiled machine, they have a chance to stay in any game in the Sun Belt Conference, and they should beat Houston Christian University tomorrow. And their defense looked incredible as well against Baylor up until, again, like third, fourth quarter. And at that point, like, like there were just little things that, that took them out of the game last week. Uh, a couple of drop passes and, of course, that like 50-yard touchdown run right before half for Baylor uh, that really take blows to the defense. But overall, they looked really good to start out the game and stuff. So uh, they just got to keep up that same momentum um, like they did. I think they looked really good against FIU a couple weekends ago as well. So I think that they have the talent to win, but they there's just some things that like little things that get in their way and that throw them kind of like off the tracks for the rest of the game. So just cleaning up little mistakes because they have the talent. Ashton Hawkins, incredible, broke the record last weekend for most receptions. Calvin Hill has already had an incredible start to the season. Lane Hatcher's kind of finally coming into form. I think the past two games have been really good for him. So um, they got the talent. They just need to need to clean up some mistakes. Yeah, definitely. They definitely do. And uh, we were talking about on our on this week's episode of Claws the Wall. I mean, I I said personally, like this team. I got to watch this game, and it's like the offense was phenomenal until they hit the red zone. Then it was like they didn't know how to play football. Uh, and then they would go, they'd get to a fourth down situation. And obviously, I'm all for the aggressiveness and going for it. But when you've gone for it four times and you've only capitalized once, go for the field it's goal. Time to at that, field yeah, goal. go for it at that point. And then defense was phenomenal until I believe there was 45 seconds, something like that, left in the second quarter. So they're about to go to halftime. And it was fourth and two for Baylor. And they did a little RPO option. And, uh, Shapin just took it 30-plus yards to the house, and right there is when you just saw the energy kind of disappear for the defense, really the team as a whole. And so, really, you just got to work on red zone. You got to work on fourth down conversions. But then also another thing that I'm questioning is Ashton Hawkins, I believe he had 11 receptions in the first half, and then he had two in the second half. You saw how well he was doing good on offense in that first half. I mean, he had our only points of the game. Why do you quit throwing to him? And if it's to get other people playing time or give them experience, then why, when you're down 35 with five minutes left in the game, do you still have your starters in? It makes no sense. You got to keep giving the ball to your best player. Yeah, you really do. If he had 11 receptions, he should have ended the game with 20. Yeah. I mean, it's like in basketball. When they have the hot hand, keep feeding it to them. And he obviously had the hot hand in that game. But... You know, I, I'm tired to quit or I'm tired of asking why after every single game. So hopefully this game, I don't have to ask that. I just say wonderful. So uh, but that will be tomorrow night again at six o'clock. Uh, Clint Shields and Jeff Gandy will be on the call at about 515. So make sure to tune in here on KTSW 89.9. But uh, unfortunately, that's all the sports we got for you all today. Uh, but I'm going to send it over to Jacob with a little bit of weather. And Jacob... I don't want you to be like Justin in this case. I want I want the full honest 
truth on what the weather is going to be like. Well, before we go to weather, I do want to touch on a little bit more Texas State football okay. since we have sorry, some sorry. time. No, you're all good. But I, I mean, just uh, like you said with Ashton Hawkins, I, I think that they really fed him the ball in the first. He, he was a guy that got open. But I also think that towards the fourth quarter, you kind of saw a switch and it was kind of just let's run the clock. Let's just get out of this game. Let's get out of Waco. Let's move on to next week. And that did happen. They switched. Uh, they basically, I think they took out Calvin Hill at some point. It was mostly uh, Lincoln Pair as well as uh, Josh Berry and like Jamil Jeter getting all the, the reps towards the end of the game. But there was an energy of just like, let's run the clock. Let's get out. Let's go to next week. So I think that also took out some, but also I think Baylor, they have the defensive secondary to lock him up. And I think coming into this season, you know, everyone was kind of worried when you're scouting Texas State from last season, you're worried about Marcel Barbie. You're worried about uh, Javen Banks because those were the two guys that got the majority, if not all the production. Um, Ashton Hawkins, sophomore, young guy, came out of nowhere. First two games really, you know, has lit up the field. But I think a couple people are going to start really focusing on him now. But maybe that opens up more opportunities for Barbie and Banks again. Yeah, not to overlook HCU, um, but next week we do. Uh, Texas State does play Appalachian State at home, and I think that'll be a very big game because App State is off to a hot, hot start. Um, and um, coming off that Troy win last week in the end zone, like they had a, a 0.1% chance of winning that game and still stole it from them. Um, obviously a great atmosphere in Boone. Unfortunately, won't be there. It'll be here in San Marcos. Um, but yeah, a good game, not to overlook Houston Christian any further, but I think that'll be a very exciting game. Uh, game for this fan base well i think before that so that's in two weeks before that they got jmu mm-hmm. uh, oh you're yeah, right yeah yeah and that, I, I, this schedule is all wrong no you're you're <laughs> all good i mean i think that jmu is going to be a team that coming up from F, fcs level first season fbs is a team that they can win against and it is the first game of sunbelt and so if you come out in Sunbelt, get that first win. Of course, you got Appalachian State right after, which is going to be a very difficult win. And then right after them is Troy, who, again, has uh, really one of the best defenses in the country, best linebacking core in the country. So they're going to be trouble. And uh, so once Sunbelt Conference comes around, you need to win those games that are kind of jump balls like JMU, like Southern Miss. And then you need to show out against Arkansas State ULM because you have those games against, like I said, App State, Troy, Louisiana, we are just going to come into the game as underdogs and have to fight from behind. Yeah, you definitely will. And it will be a, it will be a tough challenge, especially when conference play opens next week. JMU, even though they're F, they were previously FCS, they're not a team to sleep on. Uh, so it will be a fun season to cover, fun game tomorrow to cover. Uh, but um, as far as the sports talk, unfortunately we are done right now. But we will send it over to the weather. Let's get the weather outlook. If anyone wants to go to the river this weekend, let's see how it's going to look. It will be looking very good, Paxton. Currently here in San Marcos, Texas, it is 90 degrees, high of 96, and a low of 70 today. Sunny pretty much all throughout the day. Sunny all throughout the weekend pretty much. Uh, Tomorrow it's looking like a high of 92 and a low of 67, and then a high of 94 and a low of 69 on Sunday. Sunny all throughout the weekend, so it'll be a pretty weekend. Be sure if you're not going out to the river, at least go out on uh, tomorrow to the game starting at 6 p.m., like we said, at Bobcat Stadium. That'll be a good atmosphere, and uh, yeah, just have a good sunny weekend. Yeah, I'm ready for that fall weather. It's now officially fall, but it does not feel like it, except maybe at like, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. That's about the only time 
But, uh, well, thank you, Jacob, for the weather. Um, and before we leave you, I just want to give you all the outlook of this week as far as KTSW uh, calling games related. So tonight it will be Kyle Owen and myself on the call for the San Marcos Rattlers football game. That will be uh, taking place. We'll, be, we'll start at around 7.15 p.m. this evening, so make sure to tune into that. Uh, this Sunday, Joey Gonzalez will be calling the Texas State soccer game, and that will be at 1 p.m. as well as our very own John Carlo. So make sure to turn it, tune into that. I'm sure you'll all be on at about 12.45, so make sure to tune into that on Sunday. And then lastly, our last game of the week, well, actually, soccer's our last game of the week. The next game of the week will be tomorrow night, as I've mentioned before, at 5.15, Jeff Gandy and Clint Shields will be on the call for the Texas State Bobcats game against the Houston Christian Huskies. So make sure to tune into all those games. They're all happening here on KTSW 89.9. Well, unfortunately, I think that's going to have to conclude this episode of Bobcat Radio. But if you really enjoyed this episode, I want you to continue hearing San Marcos, Bobcat, Texas State-related information uh, here on Bobcat Radio, on KTSW Sports, on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, really any app you can find yourself on. And then also our weekly podcast of Claws the Wall. You're going to find that on any uh, music station you can find, Spotify, whatever you want. But uh, special thanks to everyone who uh, came on the call today. I've got myself, got Jacob Aromi. You got J.P. Flanagan, you got Jason Collins, and Taylor Quinn. Uh, for everyone, I want you all to have a great, safe Friday, and let's get you to the other side of the radio.